Welcome to The Rock Church and World Outreach Center. We pray that this message will strengthen and encourage you. Now here's a message from Pastor Paul Ogando. Amen and amen. It is so interesting. Uh, the other day I was uh, just kind of doing the same thing we're all doing, just waiting. Um, and so it's so interesting because this country is known for service, for being speedy service, fast service, for doing things speediently. And, and that's a great thing. But it is so interesting because at the same time, we provide so many things for people while they're waiting. And that's what I want to talk to you about. While I am waiting, while I'm waiting, it's the word God gave me um, while I was waiting. And so here's what happened. I was, I went to the dentist a while back. And so what I'm sitting in the dentist's office, I noticed that they have a whole table full of magazines for you to read and entertain yourself while you wait. And then that's just the dentist. That's not counting that we have available our own phones that we flip through that thing and we look at it constantly. I know I do. And I have to like break that habit. I know we all do. We just stare at our phones. We want our brain to constantly be entertained and engaged. But you know what is interesting? In this season, we're, we're all forced to wait. There's nothing you or I can do. We are just waiting. We're waiting. What's the next deadline? We're waiting. What is the next process? We're waiting. When, when is this going to be open? When can I go get a haircut? When can I go do this or that? You know, uh, a lot of ladies, where can I go get my pedicure, right? You're waiting for something to get done. You want to go to the store. Uh, we're all waiting. But I was listening to the Word of God. I was um, in my backyard, and I decided, you know, I want to put my audio Bible. And so I'm listening to the audio Bible, and it lands on Exodus. And it's so interesting because Pastor Jessica on Wednesday night preached about Exodus 31. And she talked about the anointing God gave to those men. If you continue reading Exodus 31, Moses is in the mountain receiving the Ten Commandments and the guidelines from the Lord. And then we flip over to Exodus 32. This is a narration I've read many times in my life. And as I'm reading this, here's the question the Lord asked me in our waiting, because we're going to learn from Israel how they did in their waiting. The Lord asked me, how different would you be when the waiting is over? How different would you be when the waiting is over? This is so crucial, my friends, because for many of us, we're waiting for this wait to end so that we can move on and do our lives. But God is challenging us to evaluate where we're at before the waiting. And we can only do that in this process as we're home, in this process as maybe you're working, but not in the same pace you were before. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in your life. All I know that while we're waiting, God wants to work on some things because the children of God did not wait for God properly. And I want us to learn, and the Lord wants us to learn how to do that properly. Let's go to Exodus 32. Exodus 32, verse 1. Exodus 32, verse 1, says this. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, this portion. I love it. It says, when the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gather around Aaron. If you've ever read the scripture, Moses is the leader. Aaron is his brother. But Aaron is the priest. God chose him as a priest and Moses as the leader. So Moses is gone. The, the obvious 
you know, leader of the process, and he's gone to talk to the Lord for 40 days. This is so crucial. 40 is a very important number in the Word of God. 40 is a number of transition. Moses was 40 days, received the commandments. Jesus was tempted and fasted for 40 days, and then he went into his ministry. And these are so important. They were in the desert for 40 years, and then they went into the promised land. 40 is a number of transition in the Word of God. So here's what happened in this 40, in this quarantine. That's where it comes from. This 40 process says this. Then they came back down and they gathered around to Aaron. And come on, they said, make us some gods who can lead us. You need to, you need to understand, the God of heaven opened the Red Sea, let them walk, destroy the Egyptian army, leads them in a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Yet they're saying... We haven't seen that kind of manifestation for 40 days. Make us an idol. I'm wondering what you and I have done in this 40 days that may substitute the Lord. I wonder. And so while we wait, it's important to evaluate these things. Look what it says. It says, we don't know what happened to the fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. Here's the word the Lord put in my heart, and that I want you to evaluate today. Here, here's the phrase. If you don't hear anything from me tonight, if you get distracted, you got to get a cup of coffee. I get it. I, I have to do, you know, home church too with my children. Here's the word I want you to get. Faithfulness is expected even when you're not present. I'll repeat it. Faithfulness is expected even when you're not present. See, for many of us, we've associated our routine of church as a way to maintain our faithfulness to God. But what if you're just waiting at home and waiting apart from the gathering of the saint, and you have decided, or you've thought about it, or maybe your faithfulness to God and to the process of God have weighing down just because you're not present? I want to invite you today, and I want you to know that faithfulness is suspected even when you're not present. Because just because somebody doesn't see me does not mean I'm going to walk away from the things God has prepared for me. And while we're waiting, how do we serve God in that process? How do I serve God while I'm waiting? I've got four things for you, four things that I believe the Lord gave me from this reading today that you and I can do while we're waiting. Here's number one, keep the faith. Keep the faith. You might say, Pastor, that's so simplistic. I mean, come on. You, uh, this is like all you guys talk about is faith, every message. Of course, there is a reason why we're insisting in keeping the faith because we've seen how fear has crept in and directed people away from being focused in God. So I'm inviting you to keep the faith. Stay focused. Do not walk away from that. Let me tell you a story of why I think that fear has just kind of fill the minds of many people in many ways. And please, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anybody's doing anything wrong by doing I do it, right? So I, I wear a mask when I'm out in public, and I do that. So I, I try to respect as much as possible. So those guidelines are important. I'm not um, trying to send civil disobedience right now, right? So please don't, don't misunderstand me. But my wife and I went to Lowell's because we're trying to fix some things. Since I'm in the house all day, the lady wants me to work, right? No, I'm kidding. Um, so I'm fixing some things at the house. So she we go to Lowe's. So, hey, let's go. But I put my mask in her purse. I put my mask in her purse. So she sees this purse and says, oh, there's two masks. So she pulls it out. We get in the car. We drive to Lowe's. I reach over to her and I say, hey, can you get me my mask? And she's like, oh, 
I only brought one. I was like, I put mine in your purse for a purpose, right? So I'm like, all right, well, let's go in. I'll go to the painter's aisle, which usually have the masks for painters, and I'll just buy one, right? So we can be in Los. Well, they are no masks. So I am the only guy walking around this store with no mask. And so I'm feeling a little kind of self-conscious, like, what's going on? What are people thinking about me? I'm not trying to be, you know, an aggressor per se. Um, so at one point, though, my wife and I separate because she's like, well, you should have had a mask. I was like, I put the mask in your purse, right? So I said, forget this. I'll go to this aisle, get what I need, and get out as fast as can. So I'm not, I don't want to be a problem because people might feel, you know, whatever about me. Uh, and so this lady, literally, she's with her cart, and she sees me down the aisle. I have no mask. And she literally puts her cart in front of me and stares me down. I was like, what in the world? What am I doing? I, I don't have a mask. And so it was such a crazy scenario. And I told my wife, I said, I never want fear to drive me to that point. I never want fear to drive me to that point. And so it was such a real thing because I get it. We're all trying to protect each other, but at no point should this become a fight between two people who are just trying to do life just because I am absolutely in separation or fearful, whatever me. And that's why I'm inviting you to keep the faith. Do what you can. Do the things. Be clean. Respect what you can. But do not let that drive you good family manners, drive you from loving your neighbor, driving you away from doing the things the Lord wants you to do. Because keeping the faith is so important. In Matthew 17, Jesus is just coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. So here's Jesus, has an amazing, plus three of his disciples, have an amazing encounter in this mountain. And, and so they, he gets transfigured. The glory of God shows up. It's an amazing spiritual high. And then they come down the mountain to the reality. And what's happening in the bottom mountain, it's amazing. The other remaining disciples stay down and they were doing ministry. So imagine a crowd of people a few disciples ministering to people, praying for them, casting out demons and praying for healing, while Jesus and three of the main ones went up the mountain to pray and he was transfigured. So a moment of spiritual high for a few and a moment of reality for many. And I'm telling you, there's a reality like that today. There are a few who find themselves in a moment of spiritual height, but there are many who find themselves in the reality, praying for people, battling things out. So when Jesus comes down, he finds these guys desperate, and finds a parent, and a parent says, Jesus, I have my son. And when the demons manifest, throw him in the fire or throw him on the ground and try to hurt him. And your disciples have not been able to cast the demon out. Look at the words of Jesus in Matthew 17, 17. This is amazing. This is what Jesus says. says, Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? Wow. Jesus could have said anything else. But Jesus says, while I was away, you became faithless. While I was away, you became perverse. And let me explain the word perverse, because perversion nowadays, we see it um, just in the bad thing or in the sexual context. But the word perverse just means a transform, a change of thought contrary to what you know is good. A change of thought contrary to what you know is, is good. So Jesus is saying, how long am I going to be with you? You're faithless, and then you've changed your way of thinking after you've seen all these things. And so I want to invite you, please do not walk away from the things you know the Lord is doing. Do not walk away from them. Stay focused because Jesus had to call them out and say, guys, what are you doing? 
just because how long am I going to be with you so that you stay in faith? How long? How long are we going to walk this process together so that you are in faith? I'm going to skip a few verses here um, because it's so interesting. But in verse 20, Jesus says to them, because the disciples are like, Jesus, what happened? Look what he says in verse 20. He says, so Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move there. Move here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. This is a, a, a verse that we've debated over the years about this. But Jesus is literally saying, please don't stop believing in me just because what's around you seems so crazy, just because what's around you seems so desperate. Please don't stop believing in me. And my friends, I am telling you, I, I've shared many messages. I am a news junkie. I mean, I don't know why. Um, you know, my grandparents, my parents love it. I, I just, I'm into it, right? But I have to say, even as a pastor, when I listen to the news, I want to crawl in my room and never get out. And here's what I'm telling you. Don't do that. Keep the faith. While you wait, keep the faith. Don't let those things drive you away. This is what Jesus says concerning prayer, concerning prayer and connecting it to faith, concerning prayer. He says this in Luke 18, 8, in the New Living Translation. He says, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? How many will he find on earth who have faith? I am asking you, and I'm telling myself, I want Jesus to find me with faith. If he comes and I'm still around, I want to be counted on that list. I want to have faith. I'm inviting you to be the same and say, Lord, I'm going to be on that list. When you return, I will maintain my faith. So while we wait, keep the faith. Look at this. While we wait, keep the connections. Keep the connections. Keeping a connection is so important. And the tools nowadays have become maybe more available. I mean, the famous thing is Zoom. I mean, it's just, this has exploded. I was reading an article on the creator of Zoom, who's a Chinese immigrant, who's uncle was a pastor, and the pastor was actually, uh, his church was destroyed by the Chinese communist government, and he wanted to flee, and he created Zoom when he came to United States of America. An amazing thing, he, and you know, he believes in the gospel, and he saw what could happen when there are no liberties, and so he, he's a man that was pretty interesting life that he's lived, and created this tool for businesses, and in a matter of days, this thing has become a global phenomenon, creating a connection. So people are trying to do all these things digitally. But I want to go a little bit further in our connection. I want to go a little bit further because I think compassion and prayer are also profound points of connection. And many people might down prayer. Well, what can you do? No, no, do have actions, but do pray and encourage people and have compassion for them. I heard a story about Calvin Coolidge who I believe was the 30th president of the United States. And so Calvin Coolidge, the candidate before he was the president, was invited to a fundraising dinner. And in this fundraising dinner, Calvin Coolidge was talking to people. He was known as Cool uh, Coolidge because he was just a guy, very mellow, never too dramatic. And he's in his dinner, and he leaves the dinner at the end of the night, and people start chatting. He will never be president. Oh, no, he's too, he's not boisterous enough. Oh, he's too passive. And out of the room, this eight-year-old little girl comes out and raises her finger and said, I think he's great. And they say, why? To this little girl, she says, because I hurt my finger, and he was the only one who asked me how I was doing. So I think he'll be great for people. Here's what she's saying. 
He was compassionate. He noticed me in a crowd of people doing a bunch of things. He saw my pain. And I'm telling you, if you keep the connection with compassion, you can do great things in this life. You can encourage people in a profound way. Here's how the Apostle Paul says it. I'm going to read several verses for you that the Apostle Paul connects with people through prayer. Ephesians 1.16 says, I do not cease. So Paul says, I don't stop. I don't stop. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Paul says, I'm always praying for you. Every time you come to mind, somebody comes to mind, pray. Somebody comes to mind, send the text, but connect. Philippians 1, 3, and 4, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests to you with all joy. Paul says, I'm always praying. I'm always asking the Lord so I can encourage you. What a beautiful thing. First Thessalonians 1, 2 says, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. My friends, if you keep the connection with people through prayer, if you keep the connection with people through encouragement, you will do some amazing things. I'm hearing some testimony posted online about members of our own church who are doing amazing things by staying connected, by staying sensitive to the Lord, by saying, Lord, guide me. Let me know what I need to do. Some have bought gift cards for needy people. Some have done some amazing things. And it's such a beautiful things for us to do that. The other day, my family and I, we went out, ordered some takeout. And you know what? I told my wife, I said, hey, let's order extra so that we can bring a plate to our neighbors. And so we prepare a plate for our next door neighbor and our neighbor across the street who are, we relate the most with. And we just dropped it off at their doorstep and say, here's a plate of food for no reason other than let's keep the connection. Someday this will all blow over and we'll get the hangouts on our driveway. But for now, here's a plate of food. And something so simple can create a connection. So don't disconnect because the children of Israel, Moses is not showing up, so forget him. I don't want to do this. No, 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 no. You make the connection. You make the connection through prayer. You do what is important. While I'm waiting, I'm going to keep the faith. While I'm waiting, I'm going to stay connected. I'm going to pray for others. While I'm waiting, number three, keep your relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Let, let me pause at this. Because... I don't know how to emphasize this so much, but my friends, keeping your relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit is so important. It's so important because what the children of Israel did is they did not stay connected to the Lord. And, and I want to say this one. I want to read it. Just because the building is not open doesn't mean that Christ is not available or that His Holy Spirit is not active. Once again, just because the building is not open does not mean that Christ is not available or that His Holy Spirit is not active. And so I want to invite you that in this time of waiting, that you maintain your connection with Jesus and with His beautiful Holy Spirit, that you stay connected through prayer, through reading the Word of God. God is calling us to a more profound and deepened relationship with Him. Let me say it this way, to a mature Christian. A mature Christian is somebody who goes beyond of just the walls of the church. A mature Christian is someone who has drawn near to Jesus and His Holy Spirit, regardless of whether a meeting is in play or not. And we will have meeting. And it is a mandate of the Word of God to meet together, to encourage each other. But aside from our meetings here, you still a Christian. As a matter of fact, our pastor says it this way, you are a full-time minister of the gospel. And we all say, woo, 
right? And so here's what the Lord is saying. Stay connected. In the book of Matthew, chapter 25, Jesus is talking about the end times. And he starts sharing some parables. And one of those parables is the parable of the ten virgins. And Jesus says that um, in this parable, he says the kingdom of God is like, which means that those who believe in Christ are related to him in this manner. The kingdom of God is like, and this is what he says. He says, the kingdom of God is like 10 virgins. And five of these virgins had a lamp with oil and five had a lamp but didn't have extra oil. And you might say, what does that mean? That happened so long ago. If you're too young, where let me tell you, lamps used to put oil in a small canister at the bottom of the lamp, light it, and the oil will keep the flame on. If you've never seen that, that's how they used to be. And so um, these lamps were important. But oil in the Word of God is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. When people get anointed with oil, the Holy Spirit was coming upon them. And so here's, he's saying, this is what the kingdom of God is like. Ten virgins, five have their lamp with extra oil, five have a lamp, but no extra oil. And look what happens in verse 5. In verse 5, says this. It says, but while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumber and slept. So he's saying this, these virgins were waiting for the bridegroom to come because there was a wedding about to happen. And while they were waiting, remember, we're talking about waiting. While they were waiting, they all fell asleep. They all slumber. So it's not just that it happened to those who are not spiritually full. No, no, no. It happened to all ten. The difference is what you do in the waiting that matters. While you do, while you waiting in that moment, that matters. See, the 10 virgins, five of them, while they're waited, they say, you know what? Yes, he's not here, but I'm going to get extra oil. I'm going to get an extra of God. I'm going to invest in my growth with God. And the other ones say, ah, I'll see. Maybe they'll open Costco early enough for me to get what I need. Well, my friends, it didn't happen. And so this is so crucial for us to get it in this day. If you invest in the waiting, when the Lord actually comes, your reaction will be completely different. And he goes on to saying, then it was announced, here comes the bridegroom, open the gates. And when that happened, says that 10 virgins arose and the five with no extra oil said, our oil has run out of our lamps. Can you give us some from yours? And the ones that had extra oil said, if we give you of ours, we will not have enough for us. Therefore, go get it for yourself. My friends, you cannot, you cannot get someone else's spirituality for you to grow. You have to develop your own. And in the waiting, this is a good time to develop your own. There's a phrase that's so funny around my family because my mom has been a Christian for many years. And some of my uncle's Sometimes we'll say, oh, don't worry. When I get to heaven, I'm just say, I am her brother, and they'll let me in. Uh, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so I just want to let you know, there's an investment you have to make. And look what Jesus says. Look what he says. Um, in verse 11, says, afterwards, other virgins came also. So the ones that didn't have extra oil went to get it, and so they came back, and the door was closed, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. But he answered and said, surely I say to you, I do not know you. I don't want that phrase said of me. I don't want to cast fear on your life. Here's what the Lord is inviting us to do. Get to know me. You've always wanted time to pray, time to seek the word of God, time to grow. 
you have time. Now we've been giving more than enough time. So find a way. Listen, I have children also, so I have to be creative to get my time with the Lord. Do what you got to do, but invest while you wait in keeping your relationship with Jesus and His Holy Spirit. Verse 13 says, Watch therefore, for you do not know, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. And I'm going to tell you something. We are closer to His coming than ever before. We are closer to His coming than ever before. And every generation feels like it gets closer to His coming. So just be ready. While you're waiting, keep investing in your relationship with Jesus. Here's why. Here's why. Remember, remember that phrase? Remember that phrase? Very important. Faithfulness is expected even when you're not present. Faithfulness is expected even when you're not present. So you may not be in the building. We may not see each other all the time. But the Lord, our walk together with Him, faithfulness is still expected. Number four and last one for tonight. Number four and last one for tonight. I just want to give you this. Keep your focus. While you wait, you have to keep your focus. Because if you do that, then you're not going to catch what the Lord is saying for you. When I was a young boy, I was in Little League. I'm from Dominican Republic, which is baseball country other than America and Japan. It's probably the three nations that kind of have a large baseball following. And so um, when I grew up, it was a rite of passage to have to go to Little League. So I signed up. My mother signed me up. I used to go every Saturday play and practice. And I remember I wasn't a great baseball player, to be honest with you. Um, and so I remember the coach telling us, hey, hey, keep your eye on the ball. And he was insist, keep your eye on the ball. Here's what the coach was saying. Keep your focus on what matters in the game. See, if I take my eyes off the ball, I'm not going to make the right play. I'm not going to get the right bounce. I'm not going to know where the ball is going. I'm not going to know where the player is at. In the same way, in your walk with the Lord, you have to keep your focus. Otherwise, you're not going to make the right move in order to walk where the Lord wants you to walk, in order to go where God wants you to go. So keep your eye on what's important. Stay focused. And the children of Israel did not stay focused. You know what the children of Israel did? Children of Israel went to Aaron and said, Aaron, you know what? We don't know about this fellow Moses. He's been away too long, 40 days, a quarantine of sorts, the same you and I are in for 40 days. We don't know about that guy. For 40 days, I don't know how to get back into the cycle of church. For 40 days, I don't know how to keep my spirituality going without my smoke. For 40 days, you have this process. Are you with me? So if you don't keep your focus, in those 40 days, you can do what the children of Israel did. They said, Aaron, go ahead and fashion us someone we could worship. And let me tell you, my friends, the Bible says that Aaron cooperated with them, which God rebuked him severely for. But they did something. They took away the wealth of themselves and of their children and gave it to Aaron, all the gold, so he can make them an idol that they can worship. I am telling you that if you don't keep focus, you will, tur- you will give your energy, your money, your time, and that of your children to something that is not the God who brought you out of Egypt. Out of Egypt. And this is so crucial for us to understand. That's the word God gave me as I'm listening to the word of God that afternoon a few weeks ago. He said, hey, be careful to not give all that to someone else. Verse number four, look what happens in Exodus 32, verse number four in the New Living Translation. Look at this. It says, Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down, 
and molded it into the shape of a calf. So a big old animal. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, Oh, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Are you kidding me? You need to understand, God himself opened up the ocean. God himself walked them through. God himself destroyed the Egyptians. God himself brought the plague. God himself protected him when they partook of the first Passover. God himself. And in a moment, in a quarantine, they took their focus off of God himself and created themselves something they placed a different value upon. And so what are we placing our value on in this quarantine? Have we lost the focus on where Jesus is at? Verse number five, Aaron saw how excited the people were because you can always find people to agree with you in anything. He saw how excited they were. So he built an altar for the calf. So he creates the idol, now creates a place of worship for the idol. Then he announced, tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. And this is where things got weird. When I study that word, Lord, even though it's translated Lord, in the original language, that is the word Yahweh. So they created an animal and called it Jehovah. Think about that. They created an idol and called it the name of God. And I wonder how much in our society have we created certain gods and called it the name of our Lord. And my friends, if you're not focused, you might be giving your attention, your money, your power, and your emotion to something you created and decided to call it Yahweh. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's why it's important for us to keep our focus into what the Lord actually wants for us. And I know it's a sobering word. I wish I could bring you a word. The Lord's going to bless you and he's going to pour a bunch of money on you and he's going to do all that. And those, those words are important. But to me, for my life, this was important. And for me, for my life, if I lose my focus in this quarantine, just like Israel did, I'm going to miss out on things the Lord has done and will do it again unless, unless I don't keep my focus. And he ends by this saying, then the people got up early the next morning, look at this, verse 6, to sacrifice burnt offerings and the peace offerings. And after this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan rubbery. Let me put it this way. They got up the next morning, they went to church, and then after they were done with church, they went and did their thing. I know it's quiet in here, and it's going to be quiet on you at your house too. I get it. But I am telling you, if you do not learn from what Exodus 32 is teaching us, my friend, I don't want you to walk away from the Lord. That This quarantine is over, and you find yourself not knowing where you're at. Why? Because you have not maintained that connection with the Lord. Here's what the Lord wants. Because while you're not present, faithfulness is expected. Even though you're not here, you have to keep your focus. You have to keep your prayer. You have to keep your connections. You have to keep your faith. You have to keep your relationship with Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit. If you can keep those when this is over, my friend, you will be so much more stronger because God desires a beautiful thing for you. He actually has words of peace and life for you. And I want to end with this verse. I want to end with this verse in Psalm 85, 8. It says it this way. Psalm 85, 8 says this. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. So, so here's what the psalmist is saying. I'm going to take time to listen what God is telling me. God may be speaking to you in one way or another. So listen to what he's saying. He continues to say, for he will speak peace. So God's 
profound desire and love for you is to actually bring peace to your heart and to your soul, but to his people and to his saints. So he's saying, I want to bring peace to those who are my children, to those who are connected to me. But I want you to see the last phrase in this verse is so profound. Look at this. But let them not turn back to folly. Here's what the psalmist says. God wants peace for you. God wants the best for you. But let us not return to the dumb things we were doing before we were given an opportunity to change. Let us not return to the old ways. Because peace, God wants peace. But God is not going to just, there's a phrase in the Bible, he's not going to cast pearls before swines. He wants to pour a profound blessing. But he's inviting us not to go back to ways of thinking that are not advancing us. My friend, while you wait, you know what? Stay focused. While you wait, keep the faith. While you wait, stay connected. While you wait, make a profound relationship with Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit because he wants the best for you and he wants to bring profound peace to your home. Close your eyes right where you're at and ask him, Lord, what can I do while I'm waiting? What would be the things you want me to work on while I'm waiting? What are the things you want me to give you while I'm waiting? Are there things that I've labeled as my God in this process and removed you from it? Let him speak to you. Father God, I pray you will speak to all of us tonight how to connect with this word and how to grow out of this. That when this is over, when this quarantine is over, we'll be far greater and ahead. May we fill our lamp with oil so that we can wait for you and victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the Rock Church and World Outreach Center. If this message spoke to you, please share it with us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find more information at www.rockchurch.com.